0: Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Jeff. he is a, hes a dear friend of mine, and we get together, and uh, I don't know if, if I counsel him if we just um, help each other. I think that's just what it is. We sharpen each other and uh, keep each other encouraged, and he's, uh, through the Lord's help, doing a wonderful work, great work here at the Mount Olive Church. He is, and why don't you give uh, him a hand clap, amen. And we're, we're thankful to be here and, and be a part of this. I'm, I'm, I'm honored that my wife's with me. And, uh, and my children, I was, I was looking. I've got two of my daughters with me. And uh, since the last time I was here, I, I, my grandson is with me as well. I was, uh, yeah. I'm not a professional. But one thing, now, if you did need, if you need help with family counseling, I can make my services available to you. And, and the reason, I mean, I've got great experience. I've got uh, a 25-year-old, soon to be a 22-year-old. Soon to be a seven-year-old, and now I've got my first grandson. I've got another grandson coming in April. So I've got, I mean, you know, I'm really, I'm just, I'm, I'm everywhere. I don't know. I'm there. I am, there, I'm blessed. There you go. Wonderful. And it's great to have our, our family from Benson with us as well. Um, Pastor Jeff is supposed to be my friend, and he told me about yesterday's service with Dr. Small. And then he told me Bishop Whitfield was gonna be here tonight. And I said, Oh my goodness. He's and I've gotten more and more nervous as I then I run into Bishop Whitfield in the men's room and I told him I'm nervous. He said, Why? Are you not gonna tell something that's right? I said. It's good to see the bishop with us tonight. He and Sister Regina. Amen. I am I am honored just to, uh, to be uh, in the presence of you people tonight and, and thankful that we can be a part of this this revival week this service uh, I think it's called uh, a thrive revival uh, a series of services where we don't want to just maintain we don't want to just uh, survive, but we want to we want to go forward we want to be purposeful about what we're doing for the Lord and we want to uh, go forward with it and be successful at it as well. And tonight, my my summit is to talk to you about being a thriving witness, being a thriving witness. So, if you have your bibles, I'm gonna ask you if you will turn with us to a very familiar passage dealing with witnessing, is Acts chapter eight. Acts chapter eight. We'll hopefully pull just a couple of points from that story. And while you're finding that, I think one of the um, my most favorite legends I've heard, if I can call it that. Pastor Jeff did tell me I had the liberty, so. Well, I frighten you if I move just a, a bit from place to place. At Benson, they sort of restrict me from one side to the other, but you guys have got a little bit more room, so I can move a little further over. So, But I, I don't know if you've ever heard or not, but the, a legend was told that when Jesus, after his resurrection and ascension, he, he went back to heaven, and when he got there, the angel, angels just began to gaze at him. They They saw his scars. They saw his wounds. And they just stood there speechless until finally Gabriel spoke up and said, Master, do they know what you've done on earth? Do they know what you've gone through? And the Lord said, No, not yet, not completely, just a few. He said, Well, what have you done? What are you going to do to to let the world know about it? And he said, Well, I've told Peter, James, and John, and just a few more in Palestine. And my plan is that they will tell a few more, who will tell a few more, who will tell a few more, until finally it goes to the ends of the earth. And Gabriel just paused, because he knows the nature of humanity, and he said, what is plan B? And the Lord said, there is no plan B. There is no plan B. I'm counting on them. I'm depending on them. And and you know, it seems when you hear that, the Lord had a plan to continue to grow his church. A a plan for his church not just to survive, but a plan for his church to thrive. And, And that plan involves being a witness. That plan involves sharing our faith. And years have passed, centuries have gone by, and there's still no plan B. If the church is going to grow, it's going to grow when the people of God are growing the church the way God wants it to grow. And one way God has chose to grow His church is through witnessing, it's through evangelism, it's through sharing our faith story, telling others what the Lord has done for us. And we, I believe, we need to understand that not. Because if we believe, as we were just singing earlier, the wonderful song, that that Jesus can really change anything. And if we've experienced that for ourselves, then witnessing should be a priority for us. We should be willing to share our faith. If we really know a God who has turned our life around, we should be willing to share our faith with others. When we see them struggling, when we see them suffering, when we see them stumbling and falling, we realize, you know, the the God that helped me is also able to help you. And and the God that delivered me is also able to deliver you. The God who set me free is able to set you free as well. The, The Lord God who has given me joy, who has given me a sense of peace, he's able to do the same thing for you. And witnessing should be a priority. If we really believe, if we really believe that the Lord Jesus Christ will come again one day, and we honestly believe that the only way that you'll ever get to heaven is through Jesus Christ and his cross, well, surely there's people that we want to see saved. And there's people we want to see go to heaven. And therefore, we should be thriving to be a witness. And and that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Thriving. To be a witness. What what does a thriving witness look like? I think we can learn a few things from from Philip. Let's look here in Acts chapter 8. I want to look at two verses of scripture. Acts chapter 8, verses 29 and 30. And the Bible says this Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah's. And he said unto him, Understandest thou what thou readest? When we look at this passage of Scripture, I want you to understand the Philip that we're referring to is the Philip that was also the deacon. Do you remember him in the early church? When they had the issue with with the ladies over, or the widows over the food ministry, Philip was chosen. Philip was part of something great, but the Lord had other plans for him plans that would cause him to thrive so then Philip goes down to Samaria you know that story and he's preaching the gospel there God allows a great revival to take place but God still has other plans for him plans that will cause him to thrive so now we pick him up here in the book of Acts chapter 8 and he's in a desert place he witnesses the one man but this man is saved this man is baptized this man goes on his way rejoicing and the church Continues to thrive. Don't miss this. Philip was part of something good. There was nothing wrong with what Philip was doing. But yet God still had more for him. And he allowed him to thrive. God is doing some great things in and through your church. When I talk to Pastor Jeff, I'm always encouraged. And sometimes I'm just blown away by the number of people who are saved people who are being baptized here at this church. But I've got a question. Is it possible that there's more for the Mount Olive Church? And, you know, I I met someone in the school of ministry. I I was fortunate enough to teach a class, and I'm not sure if she's here tonight or not. But when I, I met this sister... And she told me about a Christmas project that you guys were doing and, and reaching some underprivileged folks. And then when I followed it up with Pastor Jeff, he told me how they brought them in. And they prayed for these folks just one at a time. And that's great. It's a great outreach ministry. Having said that, though, is it possible that God still has more for the Mount Olive Church? And, 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 you know, I I think about your outreach and your influence in this community. And and Pastor Jeff was telling me how sometimes, you know, there's other programs he's on with other ministers and and other uh, just people here in the community, business owners and different people. And and your influence is growing right here in Mount Olive. And it's just something to be admired and and applauded and, and just praise God for. But with all that, is it possible God has more for the Mount Olive Church? My answer, I submit, is yes. I I believe it is. I I think you told me, Pastor, that there's probably 3,000 people within a five-mile radius of this church who were unsaved, who are unchurched. That tells me there's still more for your church. I I don't know what your future plans are, but your your church is not going to hold 3,000 people. So if you want to thrive, there's still more for you to do. And I'm going to say something with you. I don't know if this came up on the statistics or not, but beyond the 3,000 who are unchurched, there's no telling how many people are loosely connected to a church, who are loosely affiliated with a church. And I'm not telling you to go out and just steal people's members, but some people are just not getting fed somewhere. And and, you know. No, you may have something that will quench their thirst. You may have something that will feed their appetite. But you've got to be willing to be a witness who will thrive in their witnessing. And that's what we want to learn from Philip. What is it? What is it that will cause us to thrive? How do we become a thriving witness? Let me just share a couple things with you, and I'll be out of your way. One thing this, I think we learned from Philip. If we're going to be a thriving witness, we have to learn from Philip that we've got to be submissive to God. That's what, Philip was very submissive to God. I told you he was in Samaria. But the scripture tells us that the spirit of God spoke to him. And he told him to go south to to Gaza. and, And there's a desert there. And when he goes, when he gets there, the Bible says specifically, now go and join yourself to this chariot. In other words, I want you to go and I want you to walk beside of this chariot. I want you to go and accompany this chariot. And this is interesting. The Bible says Philip ran thither. You know what that tells me? He didn't have to think about it. He obeyed the Lord. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. He didn't have to go home and pray and fast about it. He went ahead and did the work of God. When this man heard the voice of God... When he knew it was God speaking to him, when he knew without a shadow of a doubt what God wanted him to do, he was willing to obey God. He was willing to submit to God. And if we're ever going to thrive as a witness, that's where it starts at. You've got to be submissive to God. Let me tell you something. The the God of heaven still speaks. He, He speaks through His Spirit. He speaks through His Word. He speaks through opening and closing doors. And when He speaks to our heart, we've got to be willing to submit to Him and say, yes, Lord. And you read this story. I mean, I love it. He was willing to submit to God regardless of the place he had to go. It's interesting to me that the Spirit of God told him, I want you to go on that road that run, runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. It goes south. And by the way, it's a desert. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This man could have had every reason in the world to make an excuse about that place. You know, he could have simply said, "God, I don't want to go there because there's nothing there." He could have said, "God, I wanna—I don't want to go there because it's too far away." He could have said, "God, I don't want to go there because you're blessing here." But regardless of the place he was asked to go. He was willing to submit to God. Regardless of how far it was, he was willing to submit to God. Regardless of what was there, he was willing to submit to God. It's real simple. If we want to be a thriving witness, we've got to be willing to say yes to God. Regardless of the places he calls us to go, regardless of the places he wants us to go, we've got to say yes to him. But it's not just the place that was an issue. The the people there were an issue as well. The the Bible says when he got there, he said, Behold a man of Ethiopia. He sees someone that's a little different. He's not just a, a man, he's an Ethiopian man. And he's not just an Ethiopian man, he's he's an Ethiopian man of, he's actually a eunuch, the Bible says. And not just a eunuch, but he's one in a great position. He works for Queen Candace of the Ethiopians. He's a treasurer. Now, again, Philip could have made some excuses there, folks, for not going. I mean, really. He could have looked at this man and said, God, that man is different from me. I don't want to speak to him. I don't want to witness to him. What do you mean he's different? Well, Lord, look at him. Racially, we're different. I don't want to witness to him. How many of you realize, though, we're all made in the likeness and the image of God? That image has been scarred. That image has been marred. But regardless, we're still made in his likeness and we're made in his image. And let me share something with you. I learned as my brother talked about Brother L.B. Collins years ago. Brother L.B. Collins taught me this. He said, Mark, we are in the people business. And, you know, if, if you don't want to be in the people business, you're in the wrong business. Because God loves people, that means we should love people. And if I'm going to do the work of God and God loves people, that means I need to love people as well. If you want to be a thriving witness, you've got to love people. So regardless of the person, he, I mean, he said, like, Lord, he's different. Not only is he just different racially, but, Lord, look at him. He's a eunuch. My law tells me they can't even go into the temple. I'm a little afraid to talk with him. He's not allowed to come into my place. We don't cross those lines, Lord. Lord, He's got a position I don't have. He's a treasurer, Lord. I'm just a preaching deacon. Am I qualified to even talk with Him? I'm going to tell you something. If you want to be a thriving witness, you have to submit to God, regardless of the place. Or regardless of the people, don't ever forget that. If you really want to be a, I mean, if you you're doing a good job, I'm saying if you want to take your witnessing to the next level, listen to the voice of God because He's going to speak to you. Listen to the voice of God; He's going to take you to places He wants you to go. Listen to the voice of God, He'll tell you the, the people He wants you to talk with. I talked with a pastor friend not long ago, and he told me uh, that he, he had a dream about someone that was in his past. Just a, a man that he knew growing up. And, and he told me, he said, you know, this, dream, this this man was reaching out for, for help. He was reach, reaching out to my hand. And, and a building, I think, if no mistake, he had collapsed on him. And he said he knew what God was doing. God wanted him to go witness to this man and share his faith with this man. But he was a little reluctant until finally God opened up the right door at the right place at the right time. And he sat down with this man and shared his faith, shared his testimony. Left the house, the wife is crying. Now, whether the man is saved today, I don't know. But all I know is my pastor friend was willing to obey the Lord. He he took his witnessing to another level because he was willing to go to the place and the person God wanted him to go to. Sometimes it's going to be different, but you got to do it anyway if you want to thrive. It's 2004. Bishop Whitfield may remember this or not. I I was pastoring the shallow PH church. I was a, a bivocational minister. Minister. And I was invited to come and be on staff at the Clinton PH Church since 2004. Let me share, I still live in Clinton. This church is probably less than five miles from my home. I mean, it, it, on the outside, it looked like a no brainer. I could still minister, but I wouldn't have the, all the do's and don'ts of a, of a senior pastor. And I could still minister and use the gift God has given me. But something was a little bit different. On the outside, that place and those people were different on the outside i was used to ministering to a certain ethnicity that place and those people were different i was used to ministering to a certain socioeconomic class but that place and those people were different i was used to a certain style of worship that's that place And those people were different. Now, I could have used all of those excuses that I wanted to make for not going. But you know what I decided to do, Pastor? I decided to say, yes, Lord. Because I realized God had a harvest for me that was larger than my little world. It was called the kingdom of God. And, and I realized that God had a harvest that was greater for me. And it was where people were diverse, were diverse, but they were not divided. It's simply called the church of God. I was, it was a harvest that was there for me, and I realized that there were gifts that I still had that I could bless someone with. And there was gifts they could bless me with. And it's called being in his church. And you know what? It just, God had me there for a season for about 18 months and I was able to learn from people that I would have never learned from before. And I honestly feel it opened a door for me to go into other areas of ministry that I would not have gone to on my own. I'm nothing great, but if it propelled me at all, it's because I was willing to submit to God. I gotta ask you today, how submissive are we? How submissive are we? I told you earlier, God still speaks. He didn't stop speaking to the apostles. He didn't stop speaking on the day of Pentecost. The God of heaven still speaks. Get that in your mind. How did, he, he speaks through His Word, and His Word tells us He expects us to be a witness. He says, Go. And teach all nations, go and make disciples. It's not a suggestion. He's telling us, I want you to do this. He's speaking to us, and he speaks through his spirit. He impresses something on your heart, and he wants you to do it. And he's opening doors that no man can open, and he wants us to walk through it. I'm just simply saying, if we want to thrive as a witness, whether you do it individually or whether you do it corporately as a church, if you really want to thrive, folks, we've got to be willing to listen to the voice of God and not just listen to him. we got to obey the voice of God. I'm telling you, God's got greater plans for this church I believe that so strongly right now, and it's nowhere in the nose. but I believe this, Pastor Jeff, God's got some more plans for you. He's got a great future for you. He's got something for you, but he's going to speak to you, and you've got to be willing to speak. You've got to be willing to listen to him. Let me share something with you. Here's how you're going to witness to him. Sometimes it's going to be the, the college kids next door. Go ahead and witness to them. Sometimes it's going to be the business people in the community. Go ahead and witness to them. Sometimes it's going to be the people that you work beside. Go ahead and witness to them. Sometimes it's going to be the people you are up shoulders with in the marketplace. Reach out to them. But let me you, I don't want to scare you or frighten you, but it may be some people who are underprivileged. It may be some people who are a little different. They may not wear a suit to church. They may not wear a tie to church. But can I tell you, they've got a spirit that's going to spend eternity either in hell or either in hell and we might be the only one that's going to witness to him. So if you want to thrive as a witness, you got to be willing to submit to God. I don't want to frighten you with that. Don't be surprised when God opens that door. Can, can I just tell you this? I, I, I'm, I'm going to try to move on. Listen. We stopped at a store on, on the way here. And uh, walked in this convenient story. It was at home in Clinton, so don't let it frighten you about your place here. All right. I walked in there, so we just just grab a little snack to hold us over. And obviously, I was the only one in that place with a tie on. There were a group of men. Their language was not the best in the world. The lady behind the counter was taking up a lot of time with them. I'm thinking, oh Lord, I got to get to church. These guys here are dragging around. They really don't care about the conversation. Yeah, I thought about my message (laughs) becoming a thriving witness. Fortunately, the Lord just, He just reminded me. He didn't say, go talk to Him. (laughs) But let me show you how the Lord works. All the guys cleared out, except for the lady behind the counter and another gentleman behind the counter. And she looked at me. She said, what is your name? I said, Mark Fields. She said, you were my teacher at one time, before I ever started pastoring. I was a teacher several years at Clinton, 15 to be a matter of fact. She recognized me. Now, what if I'd have been rude in that store? I'm just asking. What if I'd been looking at my watch and said, Y'all need to move. I got to go preach. I mean, what? I mean, (laughs) you understand what I'm saying? But get this. The man that was back there, he said this. He doesn't teach anymore. He's a preacher. (laughs) He said, you've been to my church downtown. My buddy has a church. It's called Olive Grove at downtown Clinton. And, um. He said, you've been, I said, I'm sorry, buddy, I do not recognize you, but I'm supposed to go there again this year at some point. The point I'm making is this, you never know. You never know who's looking at your lives. You never know. Can I I tell you another one that scared me? I I, I won't call her name, but I I was walking through this here at the beginning of service, and I saw a young lady that had done some business with my parents, and I'm not trying to advertise for them. I want to make a point. And I thought, I said, man, what if I'd been rude to that lady when she came into the store? Because, I mean, she said nice things about my parents. She didn't say much things about me. (laughs) You just never know. Before I ever met Pastor Jeff, his wife Lisa came to the shop, and Mom and Daddy did a chair for her. I'm just, folks, listen to me. You never know the doors God is going to open in your life. So you always walk and talk in a way so you represent the Lord well, okay? Always do that. Let let me move on to the second point, okay? The second thing I want to share with you is this. Not only did Philip uh, submit to God, he also was willing to share his gift. This this is so important for us. If we're going to be an effective witness, if we want to really thrive as a witness, we've got to share the gift that God has given us. You understand that we all do have a gift, right? And, and that, that's for another uh, lesson, okay? But this is interesting. When, when Philip goes up there, he asked that eunuch, he said, do you understand what you're reading? Now, this is the image you, you should see in this text. The image is if someone walks up to another person and they see that this person is struggling wherever they are. They walk up. This is so important, okay? Get this, this, is, this is very necessary, And I may have to slow down and do a little more teaching here. But it's the image of someone who needs our help. It's the image of someone who is is hurting, someone is struggling, someone is in need. And that's the way this eunuch was. Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And what I want to share with you here, Philip was willing to take the gift that God had given him and he used it to help this man. I'm going to tell you this again. If we are Christians, we do have a gift. All of us are not going to stand on the stage or play an instrument or sing or even pick up a microphone. But I promise you, the way I understand the Bible, and our bishop is here to correct me if I'm in error, I believe every born-again Christian has a gift that God has given them. And this is the reason for that gift. God places you in a local body, and he gives you a gift that that local body needs. And that gift is used to edify that body, to unify that body, and to glorify Jesus Christ. That's why we're given it. And what happens when we begin to use that gift, it helps us to be a better and more effective witness, and we can begin to thrive. And that's what Philip was doing. He was willing to share his gift. Now, this is good stuff. Listen, that requires perception. And what I mean by that is this. He had to know and sense when it was time to use his gift. Now, I'm going to try to teach this, Pastor Jeff, okay? if you Just give me a little time here. He had to be aware of the proper time to use his gift. So we came up. And the Bible says this, he heard him reading. And when he heard him reading, he he wasn't stammering, he wasn't murmuring, he was reading. And then the Bible says he asked him, do you understand what you're reading? In the Greek, the context is, you're not getting it, are you? You really don't understand what you're talking. You really, you can't comprehend what you're reading. Philip sensed that he needed to use his gift. Philip was aware he needed to use his gift. It's kind of like this. Pastor Kevin's a great worship leader. I'd venture to say there's times that he and Sister Amy have planned an order of service, but perhaps there's times he just sensed in his spirit, I need to sing something a little different. Has that ever happened, brother? Brother? Maybe it's a time at the altar. He says, "I sense I need to play this." It's happened to some of you. People come up in your ministry, and you just sense the Spirit of God telling you, "Say this to this brother. Say this to this sister." You've got your lesson prepared, and the Spirit of God begins to share something else with you that you need. It's just being perceptive of when to use your gift. And that is so important. If we're going to be a thriving witness, we've got to have that kind of perception. We've got to have that kind of awareness. Let me share just as a sidebar, because I feel like I need to say this. The problem we have is when my preference becomes my purpose, okay? That's when we really have some issues. When my, you see, my preference may be to do three songs and this is the order I'm going to do them in and I'm going to get up at 7.25 and I'm going to be out by 7.55. That may be my preference but the purpose of God may me for us to sing one song. The purpose may be for us to sing four songs. The purpose may be for me to preach 10 minutes or, or maybe even 50 minutes, whatever the case. but it, If I'll allow my preference to become my purpose I'll never do what God wants me to do and, and that's the problem we're going to have in some churches is because our preference is I want those brothers and sisters here, but I don't want those brothers and sisters. It's not what I want or you want. It's what God wants. Am I making any kind of sense? Yeah. Can I tell you a, a big secret just in case you didn't know it? I, listen, I'm Native American. They've never had a Native American pastor at Benson. Benson. Listen, I've been there for 13 years. They treat me like a son. They're mamas and daddies to me. They're brothers and sisters to me. Yeah. Listen, it's not all about the race. Sometimes it's about the money. They can't give any tithe, Pastor Jeff. Why are you bussing those people in here? Because God wants them saved. That's why we want to bust them in. I'm going to move on. But if we're not careful, our preference becomes our purpose. And when it does, we lose all perception of what God really has called us to do. And we'll never thrive as a witness. We'll just be mediocre. Here's another thing. It doesn't just take perception. It takes preparation. I love this. Don't don't miss this. When Philip heard him read, the Bible says specifically He heard him read Isaiah or Isaiah. You gotta let it sink in. He didn't just hear him read random thoughts, he heard specifically what he was reading. And if you look at the text, you'll find out he heard him reading from Isaiah 53. You know that passage. He was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his drops were healed." Philip was prepared to be able to talk about that because that's not the first time he'd heard that scripture. He was prepared. He realized he's reading the Old Testament scripture. He's reading about the prophecy of our soon-coming king. He's reading the prophecy of God's servant that was going to have to suffer. He's reading the prophecy of God's servant that was going to be a sacrifice. He's reading God's prophecy of the one Jesus Christ is going to take away the sins of the world. And the scripture says he took that passage... And he preached Jesus. Let me share something with you. He couldn't have preached Jesus if he hadn't have been prepared. And that meant he spent some time in the Word of God. He realized, my gift is teaching and preaching the Word. Am I making any kind of sense now? His gift his gift was preaching. His gift was teaching. His gift was the Word of God. And he prepared himself. So when the time came and the opportunity came, I'm going to share my gift. I'm going to use my gift. So he took that scripture and he said, the one he's talking about is... It's the one, his name is Jesus. He's the eternal son of God. He's the one that became flesh. He's the one that walked this earth. He lived a sinless life. He went to a cross for your sins and my sins. They buried him and put him in a tomb, but he got up on the third day. He ascended back to heaven, and one day he's coming back, and that eunuch happened to say, here's some water. What keeps me from being baptized? I'm telling you, he was an effective witness. Because he was prepared to use his gift, guys, we got to prepare ourselves for ministry. God gives the gift, but you know what? Our gift back to him is how we prepare to use it, and our faithfulness to him. listen, you don't have to be great to start, okay? You start and eventually you'll become great. Listen, there's some wonderful preachers in this in this. Sanctuary tonight. And I'm honored to be in their presence and, and humbled to be in their presence. I guarantee you, they didn't start great. They got great over time. And it wasn't just time. It was preparing in that time. Time to study. Time to pray. Time to fast. Time to learn from other ministers who were ahead of them. And it's the same way I love to hear your team sing. I do. And and I know you guys are home. I get to slip in here occasionally. I've been here on Sunday morning, and I hear everyone in the back with them also. You guys do an amazing job. Amen. (laughs) But I've heard Pastor Kevin and Sister Amy in the octagon tabernacle sing just as beautiful. I've heard them on on other platforms, just as beautiful. But they practice, don't you, brother? They prepare. Matter of fact, Pastor Jeff said about his team earlier, he said they're so faithful. That's what he said while we were sitting right there. Can I tell you this? If, If you really want to prepare yourself, always pray. God, help me to be the witness that you want me to be. Pray over the gift that God has given you. Don't just take the gift and just sit on it. Do something with it. Hey, yeah, God, God, you've called me to teach. You've called me to preach. You've called me to, I mean, just use social media for your glory. Whatever it may be, help me to use it for your glory. Pray, but also practice. Yeah, spend some time getting ready for it. Does that mean I practice preaching? No, I'm not going to get up and preach in front of a mirror. No, but I'm going to study. And I'm going to seek the will of God. And I don't think I've turned a page yet. But you know what? There's notes right here. If anyone wants to bomb at the church, let me know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was good up to that point. Don't bring him back. Gotcha. No, we, we prepare ourselves through prayer and through practice, whatever we've got to do. It's a couple of years ago now, we, um, we had a theme at Benson. We borrowed it from Walmart, I think. It was just simply, may I help you? May I help you? Want you look at your neighbor and say that? May I help you? That was easy, wasn't it? Do you suppose we could do that at the shopping centers, at the gas station, Walmart? May I help you? No, may I help you? Yeah. That's something we all ought to be willing to ask those around us. You see, you've got a gift. You've got a precious gift that God has given you. Ask someone, how may I help you? Don't just do it here, but do it there. That's when you'll be a thriving witness. Pastor Kevin, maybe you could come to the, the keyboard. Have you ever heard of Warren Wiersbe before? Commentary preacher? Yeah. He shared a story when he was pastoring... And he said that it was time for him to go home and had a long day of his work. And there was one more person he felt like he needed to see. They said, no, she's unsaved. It can wait. He didn't say it this way, but I guess the Spirit just impressed upon him, you need to go see her. So he goes there. And when he gets there, the story goes on to say that she had been just wrestling and dealing with her soul and with salvation all day long. And he comes and shares the faith of Jesus Christ and she accepts the Lord. That's a thriving witness because he was willing to submit to God and he was willing to share his gift. Now today, tonight, I look around here and there's a chance. I'm just a wonderful group on a Monday night. But I don't know. There there may be some, maybe just one who was unsaved here. And if you are, I've tried to share my gift. I want to be a witness for Jesus Christ. So if you just look at me in my face, I just want to let you know if I'm talking to you, Jesus Christ is a savior of the world. He saved me from my sin. And he's given me eternal life. And he can free you from your sin as well. Now, while every head now bows, eyes are closed, and people begin to pray. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, why don't you accept him tonight? May I pray with you? Could I just invite you to this altar, and let's pray. Invite Jesus into your heart. If he saved me, he'll save you. because I love him I can say this if he saved Pastor Jeff he'll save you and because I respect him I believe I can say this if he saved Bishop Whitfield he'll save you God's no respect of person so if you're here you're unsaved why not give your heart to Jesus tonight Pastor Jeff if I may ask this then maybe we're all saved would we like to be a better witness for the Lord? If so, let's meet here on the altar. Let's just do, if we want to be a better witness, why don't we come? Find us a place, let's just begin to cry out to the Lord. How about it? We want to be a thriving witness, not mediocre, Not a complacent witness, not a Sunday only witness, seven days a week, we want to be the witness that God would have us to be. I'm reminded that the Bible says, you shall receive power, after which the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you shall be my witness. Would it be okay just we're all Christians just to ask the Spirit of God to fill us afresh. Fill us afresh. That we're the witness He wants us to be. Some of us are going back to a job tomorrow. Some are going to school perhaps. Some are enjoying retirement. But we're going to come in contact with someone. That someone may be unsaved that someone may be unchurched. So not let's ask God to fill us that we can touch their life. Would you begin to pray with me as we pray? Gracious God and Father, we do love you. We praise you. We thank you, dear Lord, for the work of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the cross. We thank you, dear God, for the salvation, the deliverance, the redemption from sin. We thank you, dear God, that we're among a church family who loves you, who cares for you, who exalts you, who worships you. But Lord God, our prayer tonight is that we would be a more effective witness for you. Our prayer tonight, dear God, is that we would be a thriving witness for you. So Lord, as we all submit to you tonight, we ask you, fill us with your presence. Fill us with your Spirit. Oh, Lord God, fill us afresh and let our cup runneth over. Dear God, that we speak as you would have us to speak. And Lord, we see as you would want us to see. And we're hearing as you want us to hear. And we're walking where you want us to go. Lord, we pray that for ourselves, but we also pray over this congregation. Lord, we really believe that there's even greater things for the Mount Olive Church. And we're thankful for Pastor Jeff. We're thankful for his staff. We thank you for his volunteers, his church family, dear Lord. We're, there's such a blessing to this community and such a blessing to our comforts. But, dear God, there's greater things for them. And so I want to pray for them tonight, dear God, that you would touch Pastor Jeff and each and every one of them here tonight. And, dear God, that the vision he has for this church would be called by every member, every constituent, dear God, not just called, dear God, but they would take it and they would carry it to someone else and they would all be on board that they want to search for the lost, dear God and they want to share life with others, dear Lord and they want to serve serve the least of them, dear Lord you, you know their mission, you know their vision, dear God and we pray, dear God, if there's anything that would hinder it Lord, on the authority of your word, we bind it now when we cast it out in the name of your son, Jesus We counsel any assignment the enemy would have against this church and against these people. And we pray, dear God, that you would empower them to make a difference in this community. Dear God, help them to reach part of that 3,000. They may not be the only church that's going to reach it, but help them to do their part, dear Lord. Help them to do their part to reach those people for your glory. Help them, dear God. Lord, I ask that you will provide the resources they need. Dear God, the people resources the financial resources, dear God, whatever's needed to do your work, dear God. Lord God, we pray that you would open up doors. We, we pray for clarity, dear God. We pray for direction. Dear God, you know what's needed here. You know the plans they have for the future. And dear Lord, if there's anything that would hinder it, we, we bind those things even now. And we pray, dear God, that your anointing will be loose in this place and it would overflow. That when people drive on this campus... God, they sense your divine presence. God, let them sense your presence. Let them sense your presence, Lord. And Lord, if any come who are unsaved, let that same presence, in a loving way, convict them of their sin, that the people of this church, dear God, are that kind of witness, that their life makes a difference. The words they say, the works they do, let it make a difference. Lord, we'll give you praise. We'll give you honor. We'll give you glory, dear God. For we ask all this in the name of your Son, Jesus.